This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hi, this is Denise Crosby. I played Tasha Yar on Star Trek The Next Generation, and you're listening to Trek FM. Grey, Welcome, listeners, to another cup of Earl Grey. I am Joe Keegan, because by now you all recognise this voice. And joined with me today is the amicable and late Amy Nelson. Amy, how are you today? Well, after some major computer difficulties, I think I'm doing okay. That's very hesitant, yes. I, I think given the devotion of our listeners, that you should just come clean with them. Your computers are working fine and you're literally just up out of bed, aren't you? <laughs> no, it really is my computers and now something's going weird. So we glad that we have backup recordings going on because i'm thinking you're going to be using that it's your computers doing the backup so who knows know. if that's working <laughs> we do not have any babel conference feedback for this week but we might bring you some next week we probably will i'm thinking that we will have some discussion even if amy and i have to leave anonymous babel conference feedback and just read it out ourselves yes yeah. <laughs> we will give you some well, there's some fake feedback. Indeed. Oh, you can't really mash them up, can you? Because it would just be fake feedback just as feedback. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, that's rubbish. Anyways, Amy, we are doing something quite exciting and unprecedented today, aren't we? We are. And I'm going to try and not take it personally because I was thinking about this, Joe. Oh, you were? Amy yeah. Nelson had a thought. Wow. We had Earl Grey 1.0 with mm -hmm. the three amazing men who started that. And I love them. And that's how I found Trek FM was through Earl Grey 1.0. Then I joined with Richard and Lee. Mm -hmm. Earl Grey 2.0. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then Lee left. And then? And then we got Justin. So that was Earl Grey 3.0. You're good with the numbers here. I'm liking it. Yes. And then Richard left. And who came on after Richard left? Amy Nelson. <laughs> God. Joe. Me? Yes. For Earl Grey 4.0. Yes. The best one yet. And then Justin leaves. Ugh, loser. So I'm trying again to not take this personally. Listeners, I don't think it's me. I hope it's not me that everyone keeps leaving. You are, you are kind of tyrannical. <laughs> but 
we have some good news. I'm just glad Amy Nelson's in a different country. Otherwise, I'd fear for my life every night when I went to sleep. Yes, news. We have news. This is quite exciting news. After everyone's left. So, Joe, you can't leave. I'll leave over my dead body. Okay. If that makes any sense whatsoever. So, is this... Let me see if I can get my number line correct. Is this Earl Grey 5.0? 5.0, yes. Upgrades. And I would have to say each upgrade has been an improvement. (gasps) You think? Yeah, I agree, interestingly. So, listeners, previously we've had when one host leaves, another one would join. Amy and I thought we'd change it up a bit and be a bit radical and new age and a bit like when you burn sage and do an incantation to get rid of a demon from your house. We thought we'd do something like that. Well, and yeah, think outside of the box and exactly. be creative. Lateral of thought. Yeah, so we've invited not one host on, not two new hosts, but a whole three new hosts onto Earl Grey, which is going to be a bitch to edit, but never mind. It's going to be super fabulous. Do we introduce them? Well, So now we have five hosts, which matches our Earl Grey 5.0. That's pretty cool. We do. Good with the numbers. Shall we introduce them in order of their appearance on Earl Grey? Yes, because I think listeners will recognize the people that we have asked to join us because... Uh, as Joe and I, after Justin left, Joe and I decided, well, who should we bring on? And we're like, well, let's do a little test run. And so I believe that they came on and they had no idea that we were interviewing them and having them audition as hosts. Yeah, we were quite sneaky that way. Yeah, we were. But. They came on and they were all very good. You had your favourites, I had my favourites, my favourites were better than your favourites. Um, and then we couldn't agree, so we had to invite all three on, I suppose, didn't we? Well, we didn't have to, we get to. Because we are in charge, we're like the yep. king and queen of Earl Grey. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so the first person that we are inviting on to Earl Grey was our guest on Earl Grey episode 319 when we were talking about Wesley's time in Starfleet Academy. And that is none other than our Canadian friend all the way from Canada is Kevin Scarf. Hello. Thanks for having me back and making me a host. It's very exciting. You're back forever now. You cannot leave. Oh, no. You're here yet. Trapped. Trapped. Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to our listeners, please. Well, I live just north of Toronto, and I'm currently locked down on a beautiful holiday weekend. It's a holiday weekend here, and uh, so three days of not having to go to work, which is good. I uh, love podcasting. I love community theater. I do improv. So uh, anything that sort of puts me in front of people is always a good thing. And I do love Star Trek and specifically Star Trek The Next Generation. So I think this will be a great fit. Good choice. You can stay. Yeah, Amy and I... Thanks, Joe. Amy and I love improv as well. And that's why we do Earl Grey, isn't it, Amy? Yes, that is why you... Excuse me? (laughs) ...do love improv. I'm (laughs) more follow the outline. (laughs) Okay, That's, that's a fair point. No notes at all. 
No notes at all. That's how we do it. Yeah, that's, I started to organise myself at um, five to six just before we started recording. But that's fine. Okay, our next new host was on the episode after Kevin, Earl Grey 320. And we were talking about Birthright Part 1 and 2. And that is our friend all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Outside of Philadelphia. Oh, and you started with a P. They're kind of all the same in my head. (laughs) It's the one with the Liberty Bell, isn't it? No? Because I saw, I watched National Treasure a few weeks ago with Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. And there's a thing with the Liberty Bell in it, I'm sure. There is. And that reminds me of Pierre. Pierre, welcome to Earl Grey. Cool, it's very good to have you here as a a new host. Uh, Can you tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Thank you. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be involved in this and um, to be on. It's it's really, it's awesome. It's wonderful. Um, I've been watching TNG since it came out. Um, I've watched pretty much all the Star Treks. I enjoy them all. Um, and I'm really excited to be here. I'm a high school assistant principal by day. I, I also enjoy all kinds of sports. If somebody's competing at it, I'm in. I'm all in. Um, but I love, I love Star Trek. As I said, TNG is my favorite. Just, I love everything about it. Right. Our third new host. Now, not there's any favoritism here. But I think it's good that we've left. Sorry, sorry, Pierre. Sorry, Kevin. Uh, I like the fact that we've left this last host to the end. Uh, this last host was on Earl Grey episode 324, which was just two weeks ago. Yeah. Two episodes ago, and we were talking about the heady subjects of death and aging in as light a fashion as we could. And that new host is my good friend, Rhea Papagiorgio. Rhea Papagiorgio, how are you today? Joseph Keegan, I am doing wonderful. Thank you very much for saying my name. You're so welcome, Rhea Papagiorgio. <laughs> uh, can you tell our listeners, Rhea, a little bit about yourself? Well, I am currently residing in Lincoln, Nebraska, although I claim no allegiance here. Um, I'm one of those obnoxious Greeks that will tell you how everything comes from the Greek. Did you know John Aniston was in Voyager? That episode was just on last night. I, anyway. Um, Is he Greek then? I hope this, you weren't just uh, like going down, going like down off a... the beaten track. No, but that happens. So he's definitely Greek. He's Greek. Is he related to Jennifer Aniston? He is her father. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. Every day is a school day. Yes, it is. Um, let's see. I enjoy anything that involves not sitting still. Like running around, playing in the dirt, lifting things up, putting them down, that kind of thing. Love Star Trek, was kind of born into it, um, all the iterations. Um, I don't. It's hard to say what's my favorite. You know, I'm not really much of a favorites kind of gal, but um, no, my favorite's the fans. I love the fans. Thanks to you mm. guys, I got hooked on conventions and just have so much fun with Star Trek people. You got hooked on conventions like heroin and then 2020 happened and you had to go cold turkey kind of i mean it's more like virtual conventions now i'm not i'm not buying that yeah i've seen a lot of things pop up and i'm like i can't attend a virtual convention that's not a convention to me i guess i'm seeing you guys' faces right now on our little zoom screen and talking to you guys and listening to podcasts and babel conferencing away so i'll take it okay yeah, take what you can guess, but that makes sense. So I have a question, guys. Um, when you were on as a guest, did you have any idea that you were auditioning to be a host? Nope. Not a clue. I had a small idea um, just because it was the way Amy invited me. She was like, hey, would you like to be on? 
you could be on next week, two weeks, three weeks from now. And it was odd because the, the last time I was a guest, it was a very specific time. Like, can you do this time? So I was like, that's odd. And then the episode dropped right after Amy um, invited me to guess where Justin said he was leaving. And then I was like, oh, I see So there was a small tell there. Got it. (laughs) It was nothing to do with the fact that Amy sent a begging email. Please come on. Like, we'll we'll do it in the middle of the night. Just come on. Please help us. I can't talk to Joe again. Just me and him for another hour. Please. Amy, do you want to do our second topic? Sure. So I know that you each have introduced yourselves, uh, but I just wanted to, again, get your favorites. Rhea, I'm with you. And when I answer the question, my favorite fill in the blank, it's always, well, at the time, right now, it is this and it is subject to change. Mm -hmm. So with that caveat, I would like to know, uh, let's just go around and Joe, we're going to get yours as well. So let's start with your favorite starship, Pierre. Um, there's, there's a tie for this. Um, my favorite starships are the galaxy class and the nebula class. And the reason for that being is if, if I was to go out into space for a very long time, I want to be in a hotel in the space like exactly. I, it, you know bringing your family along having all the nice amenities um that, good that sounds good Excellent. to me um i'm not familiar with the nebula class what that's the one that has like the the galaxy saucer oh with like the little truncated bottom with the nacelles okay. All right. Excellent. All right, Kevin. Well, it just dawned on me that being in a starship is sort of like what we're in right now in lockdown. Uh, there's no place else to go when you're in a, in a starship. So you want to make it as nice as possible. And the most comfortable looking of all starships is the Enterprise D, of course. It's just, you know, leather chairs that recline and uh, holodecks that do whatever you want and any kind of food you want, I think I think that's where I got to go. The beds look comfortable. The the quarters look spacious. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the Define is a great little scrappy ship, but if, if yeah. I'm going to be living on it, I think I want a big old galaxy class. Yeah. Nice tie-in to what we're experiencing right now. I have to stay here. <laughs> Excellent. Rhea. Yeah, that is a tough one. Um, for, for just sheer nostalgia reasons, of course, the original 1701, no bloody A, B, C, or D. But, you know, if I if I were to be on that starship in space, the E, the E is just so, like, groovy looking. And really, as long as it has holodecks, I'll be happy. Um, the real, uh, the define if I'm going to go into battle, but otherwise the E. Excellent. Yeah, the E's a good, good choice. All right, Joe. Okay, while I really like the Enterprise D, the external look with all those curves and how it just flows from one section into the other. I think it's a genius design. If it was a starship for me, just for me to kind of fly around the galaxy in, it would have to be a Danube-class runabout because you could manage it on your own. Mm. It would be like having a, what do you guys call them, like a giant RV. So, yeah, just flying about planets, flying about the solar system. That'd be mine. What about yours? Well, listening to everyone's uh, discussion and reasons, Joe, I like if it was just mine. I really like from Nemesis, the captain's yacht. That one, if I'm just going to be, you know, hopping around, I like that idea. Scooting a bit. And, yes, 
I, my go-to ship is always an enterprise D. However, since uh, going to STLV and remember when they had the, the enterprise E lit up in the Quarks bar. Oh yeah. That thing made it a That was hand foam. built yeah. and oh my gosh, I just fell in love with it. So Right now, I'm going to say the Enterprise E, just the beautiful lines and construction that it has. It's very, very beautiful. I was very impressed seeing that model. I mean, what was it? Six foot? Some, I was seven a, foot? Like, yeah. It yeah. A beast. It was all like. It made me appreciate yeah. it more than seeing it on screen when I could see it from every angle and just sort of experience it that way yeah that guy spent thousands of dollars shipping it from germany and it was all handmade out of is it not like craft foam or balsa wood with 3d printed parts and all internally if you haven't seen this thing google it we'll post a link on the the babel conference if we can find it but the Enterprise, that Enterprise E model is absolutely stunning. Yeah, you saw it too, right, Kevin yep, and Rhea? That was gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so let's go around and talk about your favorite captain, Pierre. Uh, my favorite captain is uh, Captain Picard uh, because he he embodies so many of the um, of the values that I that I feel like the Federation has and reasons why I really like Star Trek. Um, he, he teaches us how to how to be the man while being responsible also, you know, because the Federation, they're the top dogs. And um, and they they really it, the show is about how to then be responsible with that. Very good. All right, Kevin. So I, I've got two answers uh, for this. So if, if there was a captain I was going to serve under, it would be Picard. He's measured. He's fair. He's fairly even keeled when it comes to temperament. You know, he's your all around, um, all around super captain. But as a viewer of Star Trek, I was really fascinated by the newest Star Trek captain, Chris Rios. I think he's just a fascinating character and I can't wait to see more from him. Excellent. Nice. All right, Rhea, favorite captain. Well, since Kevin mentioned it, favorite to look at. Oh, Rios. Um, Ooh, it's warm in here. No. Okay. So. My apologies in advance. My TOS biases are going to come through. What can I say? I'm old and nostalgic. Send all hate mail to Joey Jojo Joe something podcaster at something.com. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard for me to not say Captain Kirk because I love Captain Kirk and even movie Captain Kirk. The one I most identify with in terms of that potential for insanity would be Captain Cisco. But yeah, if I had to pick one to serve under, it would be Captain Picard. Or retired Admiral Picard. <coughs> mm-hmm. Excellent. Joe? You know those little Facebook things that you get where there's like 20 characters and you've some are worth five points and some are worth four or 21 and you've got like 20 points to spend on a crew? Like the five points were like five captains and I narrowed it down to three, Picard, Janeway and Cisco. And then two, I eliminated Cisco because I think there was, there was an intensity about him that I thought I couldn't work under him. It would just make me nervous to go to work every day. And I think there's something about Avery Brooks' portrayal of that that just kind of terrifies me a little bit. So it was a toss-up between either Picard or Janeway, and I can't really decide. I think in the end, because of her science background, I went with Janeway. I don't know, there's something about her that I just really like. 
regardless of what people think, she was a terrible captain and she broke all the rules and didn't follow the Prime Directive and murdered two Vicks. I'm like, she got that little ship home in record time. So, What about you, Amy Nelson? Um, yeah, it's going to have to be Picard. Uh, I identify with him most because he's very structured and he follows the rules most of the time. And like he uses his words. Um, he's not so brash. I... In my realm of teaching, like I'm over the math department, and so I sort of follow his lead with keeping it work separate than personal. And so I appreciate that he's a little bit more removed from his crew, even though in all good things, he's like, oh, I should have done this a long time ago. Um, I appreciate that separation, so I'm going with Picard. Good choice. Can't really go wrong with Picard. That's really what we're podcasting yeah. about, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Okay, what's next, Amy? All right. Well, I'm very curious to know what everyone's favorite series is. I'm just going to go first and say Next Gen. So, Pierre. Um, it, mine's also Next Gen. Um, DS9 is in a close second, but I, re- I, I like how... Um, next gen's episodes stand on their own and you can just watch whichever one you want to watch at any time um it's really rewatchable that way which is cool very good kevin well next gen was the series that made me a fan uh ds9 cemented my love let's just say that okay all right, Rhea. Oh, this is such a hard I, question. Are we going to guess? It's such a hard... I, you might as well because it's such a hard... I don't know. I mean, TOS is the one that brought me in and the one that I grew up with. Um, but it, as I'm watching the other series more and more, like when I did that first rewatch of Next Gen a couple years ago, absolutely fell in love. Um, and then Deep Space Nine, and I get... I don't have cable or anything. So the H&I TV station that broadcasts every series every night... Um, Right now in Deep Space Nine, they're in, you know, the Dominion War arc and all that. And I'm just loving, loving, loving it. I mean, if you had asked me today, I'd probably say DS9, um, you know, but that could change by next week. So Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's with that caveat of what's on your mind right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Joe. What's your favorite series? Don't tell me Picard, because I just... You <laughs> that would be a lie. We yeah. all know it, yours. That would be the mirror, Joe, yeah. that came out that likes Picard. Um, okay, question. Favorite series? Um, that's a tough one. Kevin, I think you put it quite well. Like Star Trek, um, a TNG is what you started with. So it's got really fond memories of being a teenager watching TNG. And then Deep Space Nine came around and it kind of blew me away because of its serialization, the whole Dominion War arc, and the, the sheer number of other characters that were recurring. So it's a tough call, but I, there's some parts of Voyager that I'd really like. I think it's maybe TNG and Deep Space Nine in joint first place, depending on my mood. Yeah, they will switch places. <laughs> and then Voyager in third. Um, and then the original series. I'm not to rank them, but I'm in my head. But do you know what? Sometimes I'll, yeah. Like you said, Amy, at the beginning, it's kind of fluid, isn't it? Yeah, it changes it based is. on mood. So. All right. Well, I'm interested to know if anyone has like a favorite, favorite character. And let's go with main character because I do want to know like a secondary recurring. So as most everyone who ever listens to Earl Grey or follows me on whatever, 
the Babel Conference or Twitter knows that my favorite character is Counselor Deanna Troy. She is absolutely my favorite and I love talking about her. I love it when she's on screen. I just love everything about her. She is by far head and shoulders above everyone else and it doesn't matter what justification anyone says, Troy is my favorite. Well, you know, it's because Marina Sirte, she's Greek. So there you go. Yes, there's the connection. <laughs> Amy, quick question, quick um, sidebar. Uh, did you happen to see like the episode of RuPaul's Drag Race like maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago? With Jackie Cox, who we've met at STLV. Whoopi Goldberg was on as a guest judge. And Jackie basically told Whoopi that she was a huge TNG fan. And it showed you an image of Jackie Cox in her Deanna Troy cosplay. Oh, which was very cool. Gosh, so you have no, to go and catch that, that since you love Deanna yeah. Troy so much. Sidebar ended. All right. So, Pierre, do you have just a favorite main character from any series? I do. And it's it's sort of, it's it gets personal. So here, so my favorite main character is Worf. And the reason why my favorite main character is Worf is because of this. So TNG was on when I was like, I don't know, like 10 through... 17 i guess or whatever but um so i kind of grew up watching tng and so my, my mom's from italian descent my father's haitian and my father kind of took off when i was a real little kid so i was raised by my mother who's italian i sort of look african-american and i so i was always raised in kind of with with this culture with the with with like my family who i didn't necessarily look like and wharf was the first time where but it was real. I really saw somebody who was kind of like that. You know, he was he's raised by humans, but he's Klingon, and but he really has these Federation values, and and that's who he is. But um, but in contrast to other figures like that, Worf is really accepted by the Federation, and I felt I was always accepted by my family and by my friends and things like that. It it really intrigued me of how he went about things, um, and how he stayed true to to his to his federation side throughout everything that went on um it was really interesting uh there was a convention in um cherry hill new jersey and michael dorn was there i got a chance to meet him and i kind of told him all that and um and he was really nice and he you know he appreciated it he talked about his mother who he kind of based um some of Worf's ideas of acceptance and things off of um, so that Worf is Worf's my favorite character, and that's why a lot of the Worf stories kind of draw me in. Not necessarily because of the Klingons, because I feel like I'm not like many Klingons at all. Like, but um, but just that that just kind of navigating those two worlds. Excellent. Oh my gosh, thank you for sharing, Kevin. This is tough because there are so many great characters on Star Trek, but if I was going to narrow it down to one, I think I'm going to go with Odo because he um, he's a such an int- a strong character. He's a man alone. He's a man uh, who who's in love with someone who doesn't know uh, who doesn't know it. So there's this this inherent sadness about him. He's very powerful, yet he doesn't use his his power to manipulate. He's fair minded. He's hard headed. I, I think Odo is one of the most complex characters they ever created for for Star Trek. So I think I'm going to go with him. Awesome. Oh my gosh, these are great. All right, Rhea. Your favorite Yeah, this is, again, a tough one because they're all kind of like family, you know, and how do you pick your favorite cousin or something like that? Um, I I do, there 
are some I do identify with a lot, like Worf. You know, I also grew up kind of torn between two cultures um, and never fitting into anything. Um, and and same with Spock. I mean, if I if I had to like put a phaser to my head, I'd probably say Spock, especially his arc through the the movies. And he's also a next gen character, but also yes. Jadzia, um, where mm. you know Terry Farrell's from Iowa. I was also born in Iowa. Um, we're both tall. We're both stunningly gorgeous. Um, and I, I do I love the Klingon thing. I know they kind of became a little farcical, but um, I think they're mo- modeled after Spartans, which is my heritage, of course. And Jadzia going on a blood oath with Kang, Kor, and Kola. I mean, that what little girl doesn't dream of that? You know, so favorite to look at would Ash Tyler with Captain Rios, a close second, but yeah, otherwise I'd say Spock. Mm-hmm. All right. Amy, that's a stupid, stupid question, isn't it? If ever you've asked something that was unanswerable, it was this. So, I don't know. Honestly, there's too many. I keep on thinking of somebody else. And it's purely because of positive interactions that I've had with these people that colour mm-hmm. my view of their character. Like Nana Visitor, who's just one of the most lovely people you could meet. She's just so sweet. And her character of Major Kira is so strong. So I really like that character. I, re- I grew up loving Data and Jordy together. I think that's why I love sa- loved science so much growing up. So many. I love um, Hugh Culber purely because Wilson Cruz is so sweet and just all muscle. Oh, Saru. I just remember Saru and Doug Jones and like me having this emotional breakdown at STLV in front of like thousands of people. I would tears streaming down my face and Ewan standing beside me watching going what's happening? And I'm talking to Doug <laughs> Jones and I'm like, and, 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 uh, I love you. Like completely lost it. And I'm like, there's a part of my, a rational part of my brain that's going, what are you doing? Rain right. it in. But I like, honestly, I don't know. There's something about Doug Jones and just how lovely he was. And he basically envelops you in this, this sphere of positivity. He just brought me out. He, he cups your face. I felt like a baby. It was weird, but beautiful. Yeah, definitely attending the conventions and the interactions mm-hmm. definitely changes how you view the characters because the people are just so amazing. <gasps> Anson Mount, I think that's my answer. <laughs> you gave like five. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what about you, Amy? Or is yours counter Troy? You have already Troy. answered. Okay, yeah. good. Good yeah. pick, everyone. Okay, so secondary character. I would like to know in any series your favorite secondary character, if you have one. Pierre? So let me start with this. DS9 has so many secondary, non-secondary characters. I'm just going to throw that out. I'm not even going to think about any of them. Uh, Because so many of them, I think, are main characters, even though they might be secondary characters. Um, I think my favorite secondary character would be um, Lieutenant Barkley. Just because he, he seems so real. Like... He's not perfect, right? But he's brilliant. He, he knows how to get the job done. Um, but he, he struggles at times. He, he also has arced into somebody that understands how to get help, right? And where to, where to go for help. And the crew didn't give up on him. He didn't give up on himself. And he really, he became a, a good engineer. He became good and good at what he does. And I just, yeah, he's, yeah, I like him. All right. Kevin. Well, Pierre's right. There are so many characters on DS9 
that I'm just going to name uh, uh, one from that show that I think she's she may be one of the greatest villains created for television, and that's um, Kai Wynn. Yeah. Uh, I love how manipulative and devious she is, and she kills with kindness. And oh, she's she's an awful, an awful, fantastic character. Uh, if I'm going to pick somebody from Next Gen, I'm going to go with Loaxana Troy. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just need that character that that shakes up a room, right? She walks into a room and it's all eyes on her. She wants to be the center of attention. And then we find out later that she's really hurting inside. She's a, she's a deeper character than I I think a lot of people give her credit for. So, and uh, she's the first lady of the galaxy, right? That's she's, right. Uh, yeah. Loaxana Troy. Excellent. She's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Rhea. Oh, Keiko, hands down. <laughs> no, I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> you almost got through it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree with what both of you said. And it's interesting because um, when the series were on, Next Gen and DS9, both Q and Loxana, I found kind of annoying. But as I've rewatched the episodes, I've come to just love them both. Yeah, this is such a hard one because there are so many good secondary characters across the series. I've never liked Barkley, just my personal opinion. But um, I would have to say Garrick. He's just so delightfully, he's such an enigma and I just love him. And anything Jeffrey Combs plays. Yeah. All right, Joe, uh, do you have an answer? Yeah, I hate our new hosts because they stole all my answers. Um, <laughs> and I think because I was struggling to come up because there are so many, initially I thought Wuyun because there's something, there's a calculated malevolence about him, which I really like. And he wouldn't bat an eye at like just killing you probably or getting the gem hard to do it for him but then you mentioned Loxana Troy Kevin and I think we spoke previously about Loxana on Earl Grey and how multifaceted she is and the fact that she is hurting even though she externally comes across as somebody that's just full of life and really bright but then Garak another really enigmatic character that I want to know more about so I don't think there's one one definitive answer I'll say Anson Mount <laughs> 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 he's not I a know, supporting I'm, character anymore know, he's a lead he's just so pretty um, yes he is Amy what about you you know this one I don't really have a favorite and what you guys have said I absolutely second for my secondary choice <laughs> um, I was thinking Q I do like I know some people think that he's annoying but I like his interaction and his curiosity that he has with us and I think we can learn a lot from that and so I'd probably go Q and I'm in my uh, DS9 rewatch uh, season 7 and I don't know if Esri is secondary but I'm just going to say her because right now that's where I'm at and she's just adorable. I think she's handling the transition of being a Dax with no training. Um, I just think she's wonderful in how she interacts with everyone. Rhea? I forgot one, and I don't know how I forgot this because she's my future descendant, but Philippa Giorgio. Right. That's like almost your name. It is my name. Take the papa out, and it's my name. So, yes. yes. Mirror, mirror, Giorgio. Yeah, good addition. All right, Joe. That was quite revealing, wasn't it, about our new host? It was. Yeah. Let's move on and talk about our new host's qualifications, like all the certificates they got through high school and college, their bachelor's degrees and master's degrees and PhDs and all sorts of fun stuff they did at university and why they think they deserve to be hosts on Earl Grey. What what makes them 
think that they are special enough to join us they can do in the it. heady yeah. ranks of Earl Grey amazingness. Yeah. I mean, there's we don't get paid. It takes up a lot of time. You have Restful. to have special equipment and technology issues. Sometimes you don't get any sleep. Yeah. You have to work with Amy Nelson. So many uh, negatives to, to work it. with Joe. That's, that's a positive. No. That's in the other column, Amy. Oh, the other column. Check yourself <laughs> before you wreck yourself, Amy. So I'm curious. I am too. Why? Let's okay. pick on Rhea. Okay. Rhea, why did you agree to join us on Earl Grey? Because <sighs> I love you guys. Even Joe. Yay. <laughs> and I, I, first of all, I couldn't believe you asked. <laughs> I was like, ah, squeal. Um, when it comes to technology, I don't mean to be a pack lead. I mean, I, I didn't used to be a pack lead, but I'm a pack lead. And the computer, I can make it go. That's about it. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, oh, gosh, I'm going to screw so many things up technologically. Um, you know, why do I deserve it? Oh, I don't. <laughs> um, I'm not worthy. But uh, I don't know. It's just like I couldn't turn down the opportunity to hang out with you awesome people and talk about Star Trek, even though for me it's noon on a Saturday and this is prime dig in the dirt time. But uh, I'll sacrifice it for you guys and my back, thanks. Thanks, Rhea. Uh, yeah, I jest when I say what makes you think you deserve it. Obviously, Amy and I enjoyed podcasting with three of you when you were on initially. It was, it was too difficult a decision. We didn't want to make the decision and just choose one. I think the three of you can bring something really unique to Earl Grey and mix it up and make it make it new and interesting. Kevin, what about you? Well, I just got this new microphone and I thought it should get a workout every now and then. So, uh, so yeah. That and, um, you know, I, I do another podcast with some friends, which is great, but it's always good to talk to people about things you love. And, you know, over the last... I don't know, 10, maybe even 20 years, I've come to realize that Star Trek is my first fandom and it's my first love. And as much as I love other franchises, talking to people about the thing you love is, uh, it, it's good for the soul. And even if it is Joe and Amy that I'm talking to, I think my soul is good for that. <laughs> oh, it's, that's never a truer word has been said. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Uh, Pierre, what about you? I really enjoy Star Trek, and it's something that, as I said, when I was watching TNG the first time when I was a kid, I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. It was, you know, it was it was harder back then to find people of similar interests if they didn't live on your street, you know. So, um, so it's it's really it's really intriguing to me and cool with, to me that I get to share this now with with other people and kind of talk about things. But it's also great because. You know, now that I'm older, I get to I see things different ways, and I kind of you know can understand it a little more, things like that. So I really enjoy sharing ideas and just kind of um, talking about things. I think it's really cool. That's true. I was weird. I'd been on two, maybe one or two episodes of Earl Grey as a guest. Yeah, those were auditions. Also, yeah, I didn't, I didn't so know, you know, I didn't, I still didn't don't know this until Amy just said it there. Um, so yeah, it was really weird because I'd never podcasted before in my life. The idea of the idea of answering the telephone terrifies me, generally. And I used to work in a call centre, so 
It's just mm. about weird. Um, Joe, it's like we're brothers. It's ex- that's exactly how mm. I was. And I did work in a call yeah. center. I also have worked at a call center. So have I. I have not worked at a call center. Oh my center. gosh. Ah, <laughs> oh, Congratulations, yeah. Pierre, you win. Uh, so yeah, it was about when Amy, I think I'd woken up in the morning and I had a message from Amy. It was Amy. And said, would yeah. Justin and I have been talking, yeah. we'd like you to come on as a host. And I just said, yes. And they're like, ask all the questions you like. And I was like, no, yes, yes, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, do you have any questions? No, yes. I'll deal, I'll deal <laughs> with the answers to those questions when they happen. And I've just made it work. It's fine. Yeah, so it's interesting. I think you're right. Who was Kevin, was it you that said it? Or Pierre, I think you said it as well, that it's really easy and good for you to talk about the things that you love. I think that's really important, especially now. Yes, I live with Ewan, but he's at work all the time. So I've got the dogs to talk to and they're not very communicative. They just bark occasionally. So yeah, it's difficult. And I think doing this is it's putting something positive out there. Um, and it's good for me. Thanks, guys. Uh, okay, so you guys are going to do take part in a little lockdown quiz. There are three questions each because I did a a quiz with my family last week and there were some like 30 questions and it took nearly four hours to get through so yeah so just three little questions each all on a specific theme pierre kevin ria can you um, guess what the theme TNG? is um well i um waffles mm-hmm, waffles not tng not wa- not waffles not no, waffles they look belgian you guys clearly have not listened to earl grey the theme is scotland oh Oh. oh, obviously. No. Now you're kicking yourself that you didn't get the theme of the quiz. So I'm just going to, at random, ask you guys your three questions, and the winner doesn't get a prize. The Amy just claps and maybe does a wee dance while sitting on her seat. A Highland Flame? While sitting, that's not going to work. <laughs> Minus five points oh. for Ken. <laughs> All right, I'll keep score. So I'm going to do this in alphabetical order by first name. That means Kevin is first. What city is the capital of Scotland? Edinburgh. Yes, and you said it quite well. I like the way you said it. But notice he didn't say you said it correctly. You just said (laughs) it well. (laughs) I played a Scottish character in a play Uh, once. I'm not saying my accent is... No, it was the 39 Steps. Oh, okay. Yeah, America, I'm sorry, I'm... I'm going to call you American for the moment, Kevin, because you're from that continent of North America. Yes, you must. Geographically American. Okay, sorry. Uh, (laughs) I apologize. Uh, Americans normally say Edinburgh or something, which always makes me laugh. Um, So you're correct for one point. Capital is Edinburgh. That means P comes before R. So Pierre, you are next. I know my alphabet. What is the name of the famous Scottish monster? The Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster is correct, yes. And I have been to Loch Ness, because Loch means lake. Yeah, Loch. It's got a sound. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Joe. A loch is a thing that you get in a canal (laughs) that allows the canal to, or boats to go uphill. But I've been there, and those lakes are They're beautiful. not lakes. How dare you? Oh, I'm going to send Loch. my armies to get you. Um, Loch. 
soft sound. Yeah. Ria Pab Giorgio. To the nearest million, roughly. How many people live in Scotland? What's the population, roughly? Really? Loch Ness Monster? And now, what's the population of Scotland? R- roughly. <laughs> to the nearest, like, million. It's in the millions. <laughs> this is correct. Can you be more specific? <coughs> million. Million. <laughs> That's correct. It's roughly five and a half million. Well done. Yay! Um, we're back to Kevin for his second mm-hmm. question. The River Clyde runs through which Scottish city? The River Clyde. C-L-Y-D. Is that Glasgow? It's Glasgow, yes. Sunny, Jim. Glasgow is the correct answer. Well done. Mm-hmm. Pierre, what is the name of the old spoken language of Scotland? That would be Scottish. That is an incorrect answer. The answer's oh. Gaelic. Isn't that what the Irish speak? Gaelic. Well, there's Irish. There's one's Gaelic and one's Gaelic. One's Irish and one's Scots, and I cannot remember which one's which. But Gaelic, Gaelic. Oh. Do you speak so, Gaelic, Joe? Sorry, I do not know. I barely speak English. <laughs> Are there people that still do, or is it a dead language like Latin? No, it's um, it was dying. It's now growing. There's um, a big effort to bring it back. And there are an increasing number of schools have it, teaching it. And there's some okay. Gaelic language or Gaelic. Scottish people are going to email in complaints that I don't know what it's called. Gaelic, Gaelic, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I should Google it. An increasing number of schools and courses taught and more people learning it. Ria, your second question. Okay, easy one. Which loch has the most water in Scotland? The Loch Ness. That is correct. Yes, yeah! well done. Oh. Figured that. I'm like, that is not an easy question. I figured she guessed the probably only one she knew of. <laughs> so I thought the question was going to be name another loch. Just name another loch. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's difficult. Name a loch we've already named. There <laughs> you go. A, that's, that's worth five it's points. Right at my level. <laughs> yeah. Can anybody name another loch? Isn't there one called Lomond? Loch Lomond? There's a song. Oh, yes, about that's it. right. Mm-hmm. There is. Um, I am from quite close to there. I teach about three miles from Loch nice. Okay, Kevin, mm-hmm. your third question. Oh, that's a difficult one. Good, because he's already he's ahead. He's got two points. What is the only poisonous snake in Scotland? The only poisonous snake in Scotland. Like, we have nothing dangerous here. We used to have bears. So, the only poisonous snake in Scotland. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess... Black adder. I'm going to give you the point. It's Whoa. the adder. I don't know what color it is, but it's the adder. Well done. Wow, Kevin. Three in a row. Well Yay. done. Here's your clap. I didn't even know there were different colors uh, of adder. I was just thinking about the TV show. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Good pick up there. Pierre, what is the name of the parliament building in Scotland? Where does the Scottish government sit? What's the name of that building? I'm going to go with... Edinburgh Hall. Good, that is in Edinburgh. That's good. Um, I'm going to give you the point. That gives you two points because you got the last question wrong. I'm feeling so, sorry for you. Um, the answer is Holyrood. Holyrood. H-O-L-Y-R-O-O-D. Huh. Like Hollywood, but with different letters. <laughs> <laughs> and Ria, your final question. Can you describe in exacting detail the Scottish flag, also known as the saltire? It is rectangular in shape. This is correct. It contains colors arranged in a pattern <laughs> Indeed, yeah. that is distinctive to Scotland. Well done. One point. <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> so the saltire is 
a blue black a blue a blue background with a white cross on it. So it's uh, very similar to the Greek flag. Right. That's why I was thinking you would have got it. I did get it, Amy. I'm three for three. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, you did get it. Yes. So, Joe, Joe, I live in a small town north of Toronto, like I said, mm-hmm. and every summer we have a Scottish festival where mass pipe bands come and there's a parade and there's many bagpipes being Show played. And uh-huh. uh, I go to the park and eat haggis. And uh, yeah, so yeah, so you've got to come and come to the Aurelia Scottish Festival some summer. I don't think it's happening this year. The so town is called Aurelia. O-R-I-L-L-I-A. Aurelia. Nice, cool. Yeah, we should do an Earl Grey meetup one of these years. That sounds cool. So you are the only Scottish person oh, I've ever met. Yes. Wow. Well, cool. Joe, I actually own land in Scotland. Is it like a square foot? It's actually two square feet. <laughs> Whoa. One for each foot? Yes. <laughs> Just stand in that spot and not move. Large yeah. Foot. yeah. Cool. Nice. What about says your land? In Scotland. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, they have the flag that's distinctive. That's right. Yes, and rectangular. And rectangular. I have not been yet, so it's on my to-do list. Visit my property. Cool. Right, sticking on the theme of flags, Amy, Nelson, can you name any country that has a non-rectangular flag? Oh, man, I just saw this, and um, yes, I can. Um, but it's not going to come to me. If I get the region on this spherical thing we call earth, are you going to give it to me? Sure. Um, isn't it, it's, um, it's not rectangular. Um, it has, I don't know how to describe it. Um, like on the left hand or sorry, the right hand side, it juts in like a triangle piece is cut out. Yes. It's two conjoined triangles. I'll give you a I'll give you a hint. These triangles represent mountains, like a big mountain range. Okay. They were thought of it that way. Can I phone a friend, Pierre? <laughs> Ring. Mm-hmm. Sure. Pierre, are um, you gonna give me a Asia. hint? That's where I was gonna. That the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. Yes. So which country are we talking about? No, you said you'd give it to me if I got <laughs> to the region, okay. and I knew it was in Asia. Nepal. Nepal. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Can I sidebar? When I taught middle school, I did this flag project um, and it was for my uh, linear functions. Mm. And so we, I got all the flags from our school library and hung them up in my classroom. And I had the kids choose which flag they were going to uh, recreate using linear functions put on an XY grid and then they had to graph those lines and then color it, and they made a flag. That's very cool. Cross-curricular. Nice. I like it. Yeah, so they got extra credit if they did, uh, you know, Great Britain because of all the lines. You know, that was a lot. But, oh, you know, yeah. some of them cheated and did, like, Jamaica because that's just Y equals negative X. <laughs> and one can do that. Well, I, 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 I actually work in a flag factory. Uh Oh, oh no. so, <laughs> so I just kept my mouth shut during the whole flag talk. That's right. Good choice. Oh my god. Okay, Kevin. Then bonus uh, question uh-oh. for you: What are the other two countries that have non-rectangular flags? Switzerland's flag is square, yes. which is a rectangle, Tr- t- mm. technically. Mm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. A rectangle. A square says. is a rectangle. I agree. Yes. But uh, okay. but it's not traditionally flag shaped. Mm. Uh, sure. There's another one. Those are the only two I know. Rhea knows. 
Rhea knows. Take me down to a Vatican City where the oh, grass yes. is green and the Pope is pretty. Take. They also have a square flag. They or an equilateral wow. rectangular flag. I think that's the first time we've ever had a guest. Anybody on Earl Grey that's sung in tune? Oh, <laughs> oh Joe, you, you sung in tune for the, uh, you have, Joe. the Birthright episode. Oh, no, I thought. I mean, it was Klingon yes. tune, which, like, you know, but it was in tune. <laughs> that doesn't have to be in human tune, yeah. yeah. It didn't conform to any of our scales of the any music that we know. Um, that's fine with me. Cool. Well done, everybody, for taking part in the quiz. We all scored one million points. Let's all go to Scotland! These points don't convert into... Um, they don't have any money, monetary value. I can't trade them for frequent flyer points? No, it's yeah. not. Now those, when you get a voucher or a coupon, as you guys say, um, it says like coupon value is 0. 0.00001 right. cents. It's about like that. So I think I just gave you all a dime. Nice. <laughs> Final thoughts? Do you guys want to say something? Rhea, what do you have to say? Push your foot up to the screen so I can kiss it. No, <laughs> seriously. No, I'm super excited for this. Yeah, just to see you guys' faces every week is wonderful. And to hear your voices and to talk Star Trek. Um, especially right now, although I am loving isolation, I do live alone. I do not have pets. I do not want pets. I also don't want anyone else in my house. But it's very good for me to, <laughs> I'm sure, to um, associate with other humans. And to talk Star Trek and to get to know you guys more. This is going to be fun. And Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As indeed. Kevin? Well, I just want to say uh, it's it's an honor to be asked, and uh, I am really looking forward to this, and uh, I think we're going to make some good podcasts going forward. Uh, it's really it's really great to become part of the uh, Trek FM family, and Earl Grey specifically, so thank you, thank you, thank you for asking me. You're ever so welcome, Pia. I'm, I'm just, I'm re I really appreciate you guys letting me be a host, and I really, it's, I'm really excited to be, to be asked to be a part of this and to, uh, to gain four new friends and get to talk about Star Trek with them. Nobody said anything about friendship. <laughs> We're here to be professional. Very professional. <laughs> That's going to cost you extra. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> like dragon, dragon's den. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously. Yeah, this is going to be. A lot of fun, I think, Amy, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, as you said, we just really couldn't choose each of you, you know, bring something unique to the table and to our discussions that we've had previously. Your auditions were wonderful. And we are just really looking forward to what you're going to bring to Earl Grey and the discussions and ideas and the fun and the banter and the chemistry that we all share so listeners, we, it's not going to be all five of us every week. We are going to rotate through, which is going to help with the workload and the time commitments. But I just really feel that it's going to be a very, very good thing for everyone to enjoy some Earl Grey. Here, here, Amy. Well, listeners, it's been so much fun introducing our new hosts today. That's Pierre LaRocco, Kevin Scarf, and Ria Papagiorgio. But that isn't the only thing we've been discussing here in the network. Here is what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Primitive Culture. A look at history and culture through Star Trek. I think it's interesting that the show keeps kind of bringing up these bringing up these associations, even if it's just in the naming of a planet or something. Um, 
you know, and again, sort of grounding it in our own history and our own culture and our own world to some extent. Although I think a lot of people, when at the end of The Impossible Box, when Picard says, send us to Nepenthe, and it was all in, in this kind of rather, uh, a lot of drama and noise and stuff going on. A lot of people thought they were ending up in the, you know, Klingon gulag. Uh, <laughs> and it's a good job yeah. that Hugh heard him correctly, you know, and sent him to the right planet, because otherwise that could have been a whole yeah. different episode. Earl Grey. And sort of the reason behind it and why it's necessary. And so I would, of course, keep this scene in. I would too. I like Troy here. I think it would have been better if he got back to his quarters and he was so frustrated that he broke a table <laughs> and then Troy arrived. That would have, like, that would have made it perfect. Cue Troy, um, yes. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> nevertheless, she still arrives even though a table hasn't been broken. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Uh, anyway, our space whale is coming on the scene now. So yeah. they get to the bridge, and it's yellow alert. It's a space whale. Burnham identifies it and explains that it's on the endangered species list and that they uh, need to transport it to a sanctuary. And so Lorca's like, fine, just whatever. So, <laughs> I mean, it's one of these points now that you sort of kind of think that looking back on it, knowing we know he's from the Mirror Universe, they would not have had that kind of regulation in the mirror universe yeah true so you can sort of one of those little peppered things where it's like yeah he's not what he seems Mm -hmm. to the journey what do you reckon of this episode joe i for the see the way you feel about hugh and iborg i feel about one you think one's cute why there's something about one he's like hunky borg Hunky Borg. <laughs> no, seriously, there's some something big and robust about him. Yeah, I definitely do that. But cat suits are a problem. Yeah, I don't go in for boobs so much. So <laughs> I like my Hunky Borg dudes. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop Apple Podcasts app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and a written review that helps others to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, in most third-party apps. And you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place is to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us, and we might read your email on the show. You can also find the network on Twitter and Instagram at TrekFM and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. So, Pierre, where can people find you when you're not instructing people how to say your surname correctly? Um, you can find me on um, on Facebook at the Babel Conference. I'm always in there. 
Um, you can also find me on Twitter um, at P-L-A-R-O-C-C-O-2-1. Kevin, where can people f- contact you when you're not making flags? Well, uh, when I'm not at work, you can find me in the Babel Conference as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter under my po- my uh, friend's podcast, the podcast I do with my friends, at True North Nerds. And, uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, so, Rhea, where can people find you when you're not stretching like a cat? <laughs> Meow. Well, you can find me in the backyard chopping wood. Mm. You can also find me on the Babel Conference um, and on Facebook. Um, unfortunately, this Pakala does not have, or I should say fortunately, Twitter or Instasnap or whatever, any of that other stuff. <laughs> Joe, where can people find you when you are not pronouncing people's surnames ever so beautifully? Thank you, Ria Papa Giorgio. Um, you can find me on the Babel Conference. You can tweet me on the Twitter at joeyjoe77uk. Or you can email me, joepodcast at gmail.com. And Amy, where can people contact you when you're not making it really difficult to edit an episode of Earl Grey? Well, when I'm not doing that, which is all the time because it's always a joy editing and podcasting with me you can find me over on united federation of podcasts i do a little show called all good things with my good friend patrick devlin you can find me on twitter at miss amy nelson and you can find me right there in the babel conference if you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week you can become a patron of the network on patreon visit patreon.com slash trek fm that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trek fm to get all the details it requires a great deal of money to produce host, and contribute these shows each month we really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team again you'll find all the details at patreon trekfm We'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our current associate producers, Norman Lau, Michael Huter, Thomas Appel, Chris DeBruzio, Jim McMahon, Justin Ozer, and Joe Coogan. Thank you for <laughs> Thank you for supporting Trek FM and especially Earl Grey. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Live long and prosper. That's what I was gonna say. Engage. Great joy and gratitude. I enjoy a Previo remake.